This is a podcast for the moments in life you say to yourself, now what? We will uncover hard topics such as fertility, infertility, the challenges it can bring to women in marriages, miscarriages, abortion, womanhood, identity, motherhood, and more. Wherever you're listening, we're so glad you're here. Now here's Kristen Comstock. Hey guys, this is Kristen Comstock with the Now What podcast, and we are back here with Tammy Stewart. So if you missed our first episode together, then um, you'll have to check it out. But we're going to continue our conversation about abortion. So you can definitely listen to the episode. It's going to be a whole new conversation surrounding abortion. And we're going to be talking about post freedom, Mm -hmm. really abortion after you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So um, let's start there. Let's talk. Let's just generally at what point did you come to know the Lord? Like, when did you know the Lord? So I was 22 years old. I had just had my second son. And um, through a group of faithful friends uh, talking to me about Jesus and inviting me to Bible studies, and eventually um, I came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and, and uh, accepted him as my Savior. And... Um, and I immediately was enveloped in this group of women and was going to Bible studies and encouraged to be in the Word and praying. And so I had a really good foundation right from the get-go. Okay, so what age were you actually first before? I'm just curious, how old were you when you when I When I was saved? saved? 22. Yeah. 22, okay. Mm-hmm. So g- relating back to our topic of abortion, mm-hmm. um, at what moment did you find ultimate freedom Mm. in relation to the abortion because you believed in God, Mm -hmm. but at what moment did you no longer feel that you had to be ashamed of the abortion? Or like last time we talked, it was a secret that you kept that was a heavy secret. Right. So at what point did you find that ultimate freedom from your decision to abort two children? That was not until about uh, four years ago. Oh, wow. So, so okay, so put decades. that into perspective for everybody. Uh-huh. So you had an abortion. So if you guys missed it last time, you had one abortion at 16 and one at 18. Correct. And then you were saved and came to know the Lord as your Lord and Savior when you were 22. Now, how many years later are we? 30 years later. So th- I think I was about 52 years old. Okay, so 30 years later, mm-hmm. you're saying freedom from your decision to abort two children? So I knew that I was forgiven. I knew that from a biblical standpoint. Um, But I still carried the shame around because I didn't, and, and I think rightfully so, I didn't think that I was going to be understood by others. I didn't think that I was going to be accepted by others, specifically within my Christian family. Okay. Um, and when I say my Christian family, I'm not talking about my biological family. I'm talking about the fellowship of the Christian community. Um, I believe that I would be judged. I believe that I would be shunned, completely misunderstood, not only for my abortions, but the fact that I actually had sex before marriage. Mm. Um, so it came as a package deal. Um, and I, I just knew that I wouldn't be understood. And I carried... I think even more shame after 
Um, I came to know Christ from a community standpoint. Okay. Um, because I really understood why the abortion was wrong at that point. Right. Right. I came to the truth of why this wasn't something God wanted for me right. or for my child. And, and the truth of, you know, like we talked about last time is calling it what it is. It's, it's murder. murder. Mm-hmm. And so you came to the truth that that's what it was. Right. And now you believe in God. And so now you're experiencing even more shame, which we know that's not what God has intended Absolutely for us. Not. So at what point did you actually release that shame? Like, was there a moment? Was there an experience that, you know, 30 years later, and now you're releasing the shame that you've been really still carrying even after coming to know God? So I attended a, an event. It was um, based on freedom. Mm-hmm. And there was somebody sharing their story of um, having to put a child up for adoption. And it was a gut punch for me to mm. listen to another person's perspective in a similar situation. Mm. And I literally slid out of my chair <laughs> and by the way person. i was there so i remember that it was just like a noodle you just yeah. fell Holy out <laughs> spirit just felt filled me and said this is your moment you have to tell it and you have to shed this once and for all just be done with it get that's it right. out there that's right you're saved i love you you're you're, you're my daughter you're forgiven but you you're secret and the shame of still carrying this around is making you sick and it literally physically sick Mm -hmm. i was physically that day i thought i was going to vomit right there um but it was god saying that is enough i love you and this is not the life that i have designed for you this is not what i want for you Mm. and you are not fully living in the forgiveness and the redemption that I've already given you. Right. And so I did. I slid down to the floor and I was a hot mess and a puddle and the ugly cry and the whole thing. And I just spewed everything, the whole story. All that and, toxin uh, of all the things that God doesn't have for us coming out. That's correct. Shame, guilt, having the secret, being embarrassed for it, not feeling like you can share it with your community of believers that you're surrounded with mm-hmm. um, and just spitting out that toxin. Yeah, that was it was like you. a wound being lanced and all of the infection and all of, like you said, the toxins just coming out. But, and think about that, 30 years though. 30 like, years. That's a long time to be still really holding on to some of those emotions. And I'm sure there are there's things that, you knew like God loves me, you know, obviously I knew it all. your perspective had changed mm-hmm. from when you had originally made those decisions, mm-hmm. but it was clearly still affecting you. Right. Um, Very much so. So, but what did that actually look like to release it? Um, <sighs> so you kind of I spewed stopped, it out. I stopped worrying about what everybody else thought. I really, I mean, the minute it came out, it didn't, it didn't, I I was given a 
a lot of love and a lot of encouragement in that moment by the people around me, right. the, the women that were there with me and, and right. the facilitators, if you will, the women that were staffing this right. event. Um, and that was wonderful and that was great. But what I realized was I didn't, I didn't need it. I appreciated it, but I didn't need it because it no longer mattered to me. It mattered to me what God thought. And I knew in that moment that he was so proud of me and mm -hmm. he loved me so much in that moment for trusting him and walking in obedience. Mm -hmm. And I, he just filled me to overflowing. And was it like a, I would imagine almost it could be just immediate releasing. Oh. Like just saying had lifted the power that, mm -hmm. you know, that the power that the enemy was trying to control over mm -hmm. the secrets and the shame and everything almost immediately mm -hmm. lifted. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, it's kind of what I talked about in the first one about that all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose that I knew that that had been playing out in my life already. Right. I knew that he had given me empathy and compassion and understanding for a lot of women in a lot of situations that other might not have the capacity to do that for. I knew that he I was already involved in counseling. So um, all of that, he was working together. Right. Um, but once I, once I stepped out in obedience, or slid out into obedience. <laughs> um, and I told my truth and I told the whole truth and I told it without editing it and making it pretty. Pretty or fancy yeah, or what's going to sound good to everybody. I just did it raw and real. Mm -hmm. um, it just took the shackles off. Like I physically felt like chains were broken. Lighter. Yeah. And it gave me permission. I don't run around town and go, hey, guess what? I've had two abortions to anybody I meet, right? Right. right. But I'm not embarrassed to speak when it's appropriate um, to that truth today. Right. I'm no longer bound by the right. secret and the shame. I love that. And so just kind of going back to our our topic of abortion. So we know what it looked like pre-freedom because that's what we talked about last time we were together. Now, now after that moment that, like you said, you you didn't feel the shackles, you didn't feel the shame, the chains. Mm -hmm. You felt lighter in the moment. You felt released and free from that sickness that you've been. You basically had bottled up since you got saved for thirty years, right? How did because it still is a It still was a decision you made. And you still have two children that are not here because you chose to get an abortion. So what? how did the effect of the abortion look like after you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Like, what did it look like then after the fact? After I came to know him as my Savior, I think the intensity of the emotions I felt, I think it, the intensity became stronger but for different reasons, because I understood, like you said, what exactly my choice was. Right. Um, I also understood what my loss was, um, that they were not embryos. They were not fetuses, as people would like us to believe. I mean, there's biological terms that are appropriate of for course, that, right? Of course. But ultimately, these were my children. Right. And I also, 
at the time that I came to know the Lord, I had just had my second son and my first two children are almost um, 19 months apart. They're about 18 months apart. Um, And so here I was a fairly new mother. Um, I knew what it was to be pregnant full term, to give birth. And that just gives you a completely different perspective. Um, But I also began to, as being in the word, you know, understand that God created those babies, that God knew those babies before they were in my womb. Right. But he, somebody else didn't place those babies in my womb. Yes, I made choices <laughs> right. that led to that. Right. But ultimately, God was a part of that, right? Um, so I think that that's part of what led my intensity um, because I had a fuller understanding of the choice I made. Yes, because at the at the time, you hadn't become a mother at all when you chose to have the abortion. And I didn't know the word of God. And you didn't know the word of God. So did you um, ever grieve the children that mm-hmm. you... And, and so what did that look like? Um, I actually had the opportunity to go to something called Rachel's Vineyard. Um, I don't know if they still have it today. And it was kind of a retreat for people who had had abortions. And I went anonymously. Um, I'd heard about it. I didn't know anybody there. It was a very solitary event for me. And uh, part of what they did was have a memorial service where you can memorialize your children and the okay. loss of your children. Um, and that that was a tangible event for me right um where i really could kept i could i understood that i was in fact grieving um and i and i could kind of do something with that grief and right, with that right. loss did you did you feel for a time that you didn't deserve to grieve because you had made the did you ever oh, feel for that sure i deserved what i was feeling okay I so deserved almost, the pain. I deserved the shame. I deserved the what anybody might think about me. I because that was my choice, and those were my consequences. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how how did it look um, to maybe grieve along somebody that had just lost a child, not by choice? What what does that look like for you? I mean, even now or before, mm. uh, what did that look like? I know that's a hard question. No, Um, you know, it's really not. I know what it felt. I felt complete guilt. I felt complete. Like here was a person, a woman who really wanted this baby and they miscarried. And I made a choice. I made a choice to end the life of two of my children. Mm. Um, And how am I ever going to speak to this woman to speak to her pain? Right. Um, Because that is, in my mind, in my experience, that felt like an insulting Mm -hmm. um, thing to do. So I'm going to pause there because we're going to come back to that. Mm -hmm. But what would you say, and I know, again, we touched on this a little bit in our previous conversation, Mm -hmm. but I want to get a little bit more in depth with it. What would you say to a young woman or or somebody that maybe has been married for, I mean, surprising enough, there's a lot of women that are married or have have been married for a long time that have abortions, um, which I never even thought, you know, just in my mind, I'm like, well, you're married. If you have kids, you you have the kids. Um, But there are actually a surprising amount of women that have abortions after being 
um, right. married. Right. And so what would you say to a woman that is considering aborting their their child? To both someone that knows their choices and doesn't know their choices, what would be something that you would say now post-freedom, having all the knowledge that you have now, having the word of God in your heart and in your mind, um, what would you say to someone that's considering it? Um, well, for starters, I would want to make sure that they know that they have choices, right? Um, and I would also want to be somebody that could be there to listen to them because I think that's a missing component mm. is everybody wants to speak to them, but nobody wants to listen to them um, right. and listen to where they're coming from. And you have to understand what the what the catalyst is for the decision to have the abortion before you can even begin to help them, right? Right, right. Um, but I would most definitely talk to them about the fact that this isn't just a decision you make and one day you have a, a you surgical find out, procedure then you go. and then right. it's all over. That right. This is going to be something that stays with you for the rest of your life. Right. You know, not only will it um, affect the f woman involved in the abortion, but it can profoundly affect the men. Right. Um, because everybody talks about a woman's right to say what she wants to do with her own body. Right. Um, but oh, yeah. then they don't think about the men who know that they have a child and they have, they can do nothing. Right. Um, to protect the life of that child, or they don't get to have a say oftentimes in what happens to that child. Um, so understanding that not only are you making a decision for yourself and for the life of this baby, um, but you're making a decision for the man as yeah, well. for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I like what you said. You got to understand basically the why, you know, mm -hmm. to really be able to speak into a woman that's really seriously considering aborting their child. You've got to understand the why behind their, their reasoning. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your second abortion came from a rape and again you can look at our previous conversation mm -hmm. but what would you say to somebody specifically that that's their reason their reason is i was raped i wasn't ready to have a child or i'm not ready to have a child or i don't want to have a child out of a rape right right because right. that can bring its own set of emotions and shame and you know with it what mm -hmm. would you say to somebody that that specific scenario they were raped and now they're pregnant that's considering abortion, what would you say to that woman? Um, to that woman, what, and and, I, and I'm and i gonna answer this question, but I'm answering it really from a, an intellectual place, right? Okay. I really trust in the moment when it, when it comes up that God can speak through me in a much, much better way than I can speak for myself, right? Um, and Holy Spirit, will give me the words that that person needs in that moment. Um, from an intellectual place though, um, and just from an experiential place, I would talk about the fact that, you know, this is a child that that God has placed in your womb, right? And, and that this is a child, mm. this isn't a mistake. Yes, it came through terrible circumstances and I honor that and I am so, so sorry for that. Um, and, I understand the fear in having a child that comes under those circumstances, but you have the opportunity to take something um, that was such a negative experience yeah. and giving life to a child and giving that child to 
a family who would be tremendously blessed that who would raise this child with love and and respect and and give that baby everything that they need mm. um and let them know that there there is another way to take this horrible experience and make it a blessing for somebody else mm-hmm. um but that would be a conversation that wouldn't be as simple as saying what of I just course. said, right? There's so many emotions that you have to dance with and and, yes. and, and engage with. But um, there's a woman out there listening that this applies to them. Absolutely. And, so, and that baby is a blessing. Mm-hmm. Even though it may not have come through a blessed event. Correct. That baby is a blessing and, and can be a blessing to somebody. And even them hearing the word blessing is going to be um, almost like, yeah, don't even say that. that. Don't even say that. Right. 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 So, I mean, I just want to speak to those women out there that are listening is that it doesn't feel like a blessing. It is a blessing. That's right. And, you know, it's kind of that God's got a plan. Like, you don't want to hear that. Right. It's true. He does have a plan. And this scenario sucks. Right. And, And again, that's where I start is I am so sorry that this happened to you. You know, and I and I would want to speak like directly to that woman listening who do it has <laughs> has been raped, who has uh, found out that she's pregnant as a result of that rape. I cannot even express the depth of my um, my grief for you and and how sorry I am for you. I've been there, and I know that feeling of panic, and I know that feeling of that you don't have a choice or you think this is the only choice you have, you do have another choice. I just really um, recommend that you talk to people, that you don't try to do, do this on your own. You were meant to be in community. You were not to be alone. meant to be alone in this. Um, and that you do have other choices. And if we can slow ourselves down enough for just a minute to be open to having different choices, to having a different mindset, um, and giving God an opportunity to speak to and minister to you, um, that you may find that you make a different choice. Mm. Because although it will feel like this is an escape and this is a way to get out of it really fast, there's long-term residual effects to having an abortion. So just please know that it is not an immediate fix. I love that. So just soak that in, you know, pause, mm-hmm. pause it right here and just soak what Tammy's mm-hmm. saying in. Cause I really believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking through you to somebody that's going to be listening to this. Mm. Um, so I'm going to switch on you a little bit here. Okay. And um, before we wrap up, I'm going to ask you a really hard question. Okay. And I know, <laughs> I know I can because I love you and um, I know that you can take it. And I think it's an important question for uh, listeners out there that are going to be in an opposite scenario. So I'm going to give you a scenario and I want you to just allow a Holy Spirit to speak into you through another listener, another type of listener that might be out there. Okay. So for the women out there that struggle with fertility, Mm. that haven't been able to bear a child that strongly desire whether it's to go through fertility treatments and have their own child, whether it is to adopt a child. Um, And again, I know this is a hard question, but 
for the women that may hear these uh, top this topic that we're talking about abortion, and it makes them angry to their to their soul really Mm -hmm. and again Mm -hmm. i believe that the holy spirit can work through them in that healing process and i can relate to this side of it and um you know post-freedom for me i can i feel i can ask you this question and it is um i'm not in an angry state but for someone that's not there yet what would you say to a woman that is hearing your story or has heard your story and hasn't had any abortions, or maybe they've had one and regretted it, but now cannot have children or has ha- they're having struggle, they're struggling with fertility. What would you say to that woman that is feeling angry or feeling upset that they're hearing about abortion on your part or, you know, we hear about them often. Um, what would you say to that woman? Um, I would definitely say, I, I'm sorry. I, you know, um, I'm sorry for, the struggles that you're going through as a woman who um, wants so badly to have a baby um, and has not been able to conceive or perhaps has had miscarriages. Um, I'm sorry for that experience. And I unfortunately can't speak from an experience um, from that, but I can imagine having had my own children knowing that I have life in me and then not being able to see that to fruition or knowing how badly I want to have a baby. It took me six months to get pregnant with my third one, which doesn't sound like a long time. And it isn't for somebody who has gone through infertility. Um, but I know those six months felt like the longest six months mm-hmm. of my life because that's the, was that's the desire want, of my uh, heart. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I would start with that. And I would also start with, or continue with, I, I almost sense like an apology that that my actions are having an effect on you. Mm. Um, that you, I could see you seeing me as somebody who's thrown away two lives mm. that you would give your very soul to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can understand how that would affect you. Um, and I am sorry that my choices have affected you in that way. Um, I value life today. Mm-hmm. I am post-freedom. I understand what those babies are. I understand yeah. where they are. I understand um, that I made a choice that I didn't have to make. And um, and I, I just want those women to know that I, that I can validate what they're feeling and I can take responsibility Mm. for what my decisions were and how that might be impacting you. Um, And I just want you to know that I, I'm sorry for any kind of pain Mm. that I may have caused. um, I love that. that. And I appreciate you letting me uh, ask a tough question. And again, these are, these are things that aren't asked, but they're things that have been thought of. For Um, sure. I've heard so many women just in, being um, in ministry environment where you hear women say, I can't, I don't know how somebody could do that. Like I've been, my husband and I have been trying for, you know, however long. And so I want to touch on it. I know it's a hard question. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you being just so open with that. Can I just add one more thing? Um, As, as, as I'm talking about this, I, I felt that that initial sense of panic back 
when I was 16 years old Mm -hmm. and found out I was pregnant and, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And I felt Holy Spirit showing me that a person, a woman who is trying desperately to get pregnant, that she has almost a similar emotional response that I will do anything to get pregnant. I will go through, I will walk through fire if it means having a baby. And um, so we actually have more in common than we realize. Mm -hmm. Um, That sense of panic and I don't know what I'm going to do and I will do whatever it takes Mm -hmm. to make this pain or this anguish stop, right? Whether it's the yearning for a child that you've had so much trouble having, whether infertility or or miscarriages or whatever the case may be, right? um, or having this baby and not knowing Oh my gosh, not do. knowing what to do and not feeling like you have a choice. And it's so it's such to the core of our being because it's what God created us to do. And mm-hmm. so the not having is the panic of this is my desire. Mm-hmm. It's interweaved into how I was made. Yeah. And also on the opposite of oh my gosh, this is what I was made to do. I'm not ready. Right. Um, And so that's so good. So I think it will be great to end with a scripture that you felt was so near and dear to your heart Mm -hmm. um, as you, one, experienced the abortions and then coming out on the other side of having God's word and knowing what God says about it. Um, So I want to read 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. And if you want to read your, do you have your amplified version or what version do you have? I do. I have the amplified version. I have it without the amplifications written That's down okay. here. Yeah. Um, Corinthians six nineteen through 20 reads, mm-hmm. do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received from God and that you are not your own? You were bought with a price. So then honor and glorify God with your body. And I love that. And I'm going to read the message version before we go because I like to skip around to different versions because it just has such powerful uh, words in it. And Mm -hmm. so the message version of 1 Corinthians 19 through 20 is, or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place? The place of the Holy Spirit. Don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God paid such a high price for? The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. So let people see God in and through your body. I love it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Now What? with Kristen Comstock. Be sure to turn on your notifications so you don't miss the next episode. See you next time.